I'm having a bad hair day because we were on the chopper today. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about the chopper on here too? Oh, sure. Have we started? Is this, Should I have already started this? Oh, you've already, you, we, we started. We've, we've already started. Guys, welcome to the Work Women Podcast. I cannot believe that it has been as long as it has. That I love this name, by the way, man. The way you woman. played that out. How long did it take you to work that out? This, work man. I had this in my mind five years ago and it took me four years to execute on it. Wow, that's awesome. Because I, I wasn't confident in my ability to... Like actually be yeah. that. Like yeah. I didn't know what I had to contribute to yeah. women. I want to see a lot of little people walking underneath here for little some people? reason. What do you mean little like, people? I don't know. Because I see you kind of like, you're like a stick figure. I'm a stick figure. Okay. Not, you know, you're you're tall and... and, and, and Lanky. And, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and so I don't know. There's a, there's a silhouette that you have. Uh-huh. A very unique kind of... Uh, energy about uh -huh. you that, that I think would be somebody kind of walking back and forth in here. Uh-huh. Or maybe okay. there's a bunch of them. And they're stick figures? They're not stick figures, but they're little kind of skinny creatures. Little... Little skinny creatures. Skinny creatures, kind of elegant skinny creatures that are interesting and mysterious, kind of moving around through Crowling here. Or maybe it's a there. little silhouette thing, you know? I don't know. Something. All right. Well, I we'll, want to see something right in here. Right there. Okay. Well, I'll work on yeah, it. Doing a little thing. You could have a little little caricature. Okay. You know, of, the, of me that's there? It's kind of you. It's maybe not exactly you, but okay. it's something that would represent you. Got it. Are there many of them or is there just one? I think there could be many of them. I think okay. there could be different, you know, to be, you know, uh, diverse and, and, yeah. and, and inclusive. inclusive. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. So for today's episode, guys, we are going to go behind the scenes with Grant. For many of you who don't know, I don't know how you wouldn't know at this point that Brian and I are business partners with Grant. We have been for two years, but I feel like I've gotten this pleasure of actually getting to see the inner workings of how you work. Yeah. And it fascinates me because a lot of people don't get to see that. Yeah. And you're a fascinating person. You're well, like a creature you, that is kind of back there doing your own thing as well. Yeah. So one of my very favorite uh, Grant Cardone-isms is that intent is senior to the mechanics. Yeah, intention. Can you explain? In intention. Well, that's, a, that's something I actually learned from uh, some of my studies uh, spiritually. And the concept is that before I worry about the hammer, the nail, the screw, and the board, and how thick it is, I need the intention to drive through the board and to do something with it, you know, and a lot of people talk about purpose and the why. And so, you know, when we did the big event where I met you guys, mm -hmm. 34,000 people, Miami, Marlins Stadium, you know, pulling that event off, if you, if you start thinking about, in this case, mechanics are 34,000 seats, uh, can I fill it up? Super oh my God, Bowl Super weekend. Bowl weekend. Oh, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Scheduling, people have to travel. How much is it going to cost? All those are mechanics, right? At that point, you become like, okay, I can't pick up the hammer. Mm -hmm. The nail's rusty. I don't have the right equipment. Mm -hmm. The board's too thick. We, we can never get there. Uh, I, I'm having pain in my forearm, so I can't hit right now. W whatever. You, you start mocking up all these physical limitations, and then you, you, you then the deal's over. Yeah. And this is why I don't think, I think people don't, they end up doing really small things, right? We're, we're lucky to jump. Oh, can you believe how high I jumped? Because gravity's pulling us down, right? Mm -hmm. So um, then when we see somebody do a big dunk, we're like, oh my God, that guy was like in the air, right? Michael Jordan, he's like at slag time flying. Yeah. And so, so, so the intention was, okay, I'm going to do the biggest conference in the world. Now, it wasn't just for the biggest conference. The, the, what was driving that, and it wasn't money, because money's a mechanical thing. Okay. What was driving it was, if I could pull it off, I've never said this, I, I've, I've hinted around it. If I could pull this off, Every event in the world, 
will be compared to my event. Mm -hmm. That's why I did that deal. Hmm. I said, so that I could get free press for, uh, we did that in 2017. 2018, they'll talk about me. 2019, 2020, it's 2021. People are still talking about that Miami Marlins event. It's wild. And so, you know, also when I can, when I can make a phone call to somebody and say 50, I filled up the Miami Marlins Stadium, talked to little John, talked to Snoop. No, no, I already heard about it. Hmm. Talked to Steve Harvey, talked to your boys, 34,000 people. Okay, y'all, I'm coming to your deal. Like, like, it, it, you know, I wanted that. I wanted those assets. Yeah, the lift. Uh, not the money, the lift. I wanted this big lift. I wanted this, this, this calling card. And, you know, people spend nine months writing a book because they, well, I want a business card. I want, I'm, a, I'm a book writer. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, don't worry about writing a book. Worry about doing something big enough. And, and that was the intention behind that. Had I got stuck in the mechanics, I would have never done the event. In your career earlier, did you get caught in the mechanics? I feel like a lot of people get oh, really stuck there. Most business owners do get caught yeah, in the mechanics. Yeah, yeah, no, I lived in the mechanics. Yeah. I lived in limitations. I lived in, and I didn't, I don't have the money, or I have the money and I don't want to use the money now. Yep. Because I got the money. I got Nathan to give me some money. Last thing I want to do is reinvest it. Like right. I, I wanted that money for the money. Mm -hmm. And so I had these limitations save for a rainy day. Uh, put your money in your retirement account. These are all mechanics, right? Oh, mm -hmm. save money for the future. Oh, buy a house over here, another mechanical thing. And um, money's hard to get. Like I had all these limitations. So time, space, matter. These things are limitations. The physical, I'm 5'8", I'm not big enough, strong enough. So I've never wanted to just be 5'8". Mm -hmm. You know, so I've had this thing inside of me ever since I was a little kid. I'm like, I know I'm bigger than this. Yeah. And you and, can become bigger than this through your intention? Well, uh, because I know I'm not this limitation, this physical. So is this also a mechanic? Totally, oh, totally mechanical. Interesting. Right, if you cut my arm off right now, uh -huh. or you cut my hand off, I'm still Grant Cardone. Okay, so it's a mechanic if, if you it's take not... If you take all my hair off my head, I'm still Grant Cardone. You know, if you buy, take my Unless eyes away you're from Lewis me. Curtis. Well, I'm still Grant Cardone though. End of the day, I just lied to people because I was still Grant Cardone. Sure. Whoever that is. By the way, you could take my name from me, but I'm still me. Just be. You, who, who, whoever I am, whatever I have kind of, you know, got going on is me. Do you still get caught in the mechanics? Oh, yes, for sure. So how do you unstick yourself from intention to get to intention out of mechanics? So. Like, do you feel it when you're starting I mean, to we, come up against it? Yeah, yeah, we were looking at, we, we went for a tour uh, in a helicopter this morning of a bunch of real estate here. This is why he has a bad hair day, guys. Yeah, That's why yeah. the hat. Well, and the windows weren't open, so it's just I didn't, I didn't do anything with my hair this morning, but because I knew I was going to go on this helicopter. So, um, you know, I'm looking at that piece of land right there, Grant, is $250 million in Miami. Mm -hmm. We sold it for $150, they want $250 now. There was another piece of real estate I looked at. They want $210 million. I'm like, how am I going to do this? You know, and then I started thinking about, I want to buy that, that one, that one. I want to buy a billion dollars worth of stuff. Like, I want to do something so big now. Because I've been doing this thing mm -hmm. for a little while, you know, that other people are impressed with. But at some point, I'm like, I'm done. I like, I want to do something else. Mm -hmm. I want to do something really, really big. And... Um, so the way to, the way the first way I get over that is I start thinking, hey, just give yourself permission for a second. Now get close to it. Hmm. So for me, looking at something, getting a little closer to putting my feet in the ground, meeting with somebody that's done. I had dinner with Don Peoples last night. He's he's doing an eight hundred million dollar deal. You know, like 
cool. And today we looked at an $800 million deal. Like it's almost a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. Like if I could do $1 billion deal. And being close to it makes it real for you. Yeah. So like somebody bought that. Yeah. Somebody bought that. Somebody did that. So I need a little bit of the mechanic. I need to see that there's a hammer and a nail, but I don't need to be the guy picking up the hammer and the nail because. Yeah. But somebody does need to. Somebody has to. But is that person, so I think of this chain, my, my head works like org charts and maybe that's the wrong thing, but it's like there's somebody at the top, you and yeah. your organization that yeah. should be focused on the intention, but there is somebody, there is Sherry, there is Jared, there yeah. is Ryan who 100%. have to have mechanics, right. but are they also working on their own and, and, intention to- uh, I don't know, but they need, okay. to, no, they need to work on my intention. Okay. And be the mechanics. So they need to be the mechanics and they need to not share with me the mechanics. So Elon goes to this guy saying, we're going to Mars. Mm -hmm. Well, Elon, blah, blah, blah. Hey, guys, he probably dropped it at that point. Mm -hmm. I want a tunnel. I want a tunnel between Las Vegas and Los Angeles. That's what I want. Let's mm -hmm. figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. Certainly, he, 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 knows, he knows it's possible, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, I know that a 34,000-person event is possible. The fact that Derek Jeter, who owns the place, can't do it doesn't mean I can't do it. It just yeah. means that pe that many people don't want to watch a baseball game on a Saturday afternoon. So I had a, the seats were there. The place was built. It was empty that weekend. Yep. All I had to do was fill it up. I mean, sounds so, simple. So pretty easy. simple, you know. As long as you got the team saying, figure it out, and leave me, leave me. Don't tell me how the plane works while we're flying. Just get me to the destination. Do you ever choose to feel bad that somebody has to figure out the mechanics, or do you think that that's no, their value? I don't, I don't feel bad about it. shit. I've, I've, I've been doing all that dirty work my whole life. You, it's their opportunity. The only reason anybody would feel bad about it mm -hmm. is I had a neighbor in Los Angeles and I had Leo DiCaprio was my neighbor and she was the nutcase neighbor. Mm. Her husband had written neighbors. a bunch of Elvis Presley hits and, and they were like screaming and I'm fine for liberal, social, socially liberal or conservative, whatever. I, I just don't want the fanatic okay. on either end. Yep. And she thought that Leo, we had a street that was bad. And I said, well, why don't we all chip in and fix it? She's like, Leo should fix it. Leo's the one that makes all the money. I'm like, uh, Leo uses a part of the street, I use a part of the street, and you, crazy lady, use a part of the street. Yes. Well, just because Leo gets 20 million. But you see, I think she never did those jobs. I don't think she did that, whatever Leo had to do to get there. Mm -hmm. and, and so I don't mind taking out the trash. I don't mind picking up the hammer. I, I was a carpenter when I was 16 years old. And, um, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, ha I don't feel bad about doing those kind of jobs. So I don't, I don't, I think I'm doing somebody a, a pleasure to a give them a job. I just pay them fairly. I don't underpay them. Interesting. I like that. Okay. Before we start, I've been this, without work, by the way, you give me a hammer and a nail and tell me here's work rather than no work. Give me, I, I, I'd like to have the work. I'd rather be, have the work than not have the work. And I'd rather not be paid for the work than not have work. I'd rather have the work and not get be given money for it. If you could figure out the mechanics faster, uh -huh. you don't care that there's inefficiency in the organization that somebody who isn't you is now figuring out the mechanics. Yeah, no, I mean there's going to be there, there, there's going to be there's going to be somebody that doesn't do it as well as I do and and I'm not going to do it as well as somebody else either. Like I write books, I don't write books as well as other people. I just sell more. Which one's more? But they're important? better writers, you know. Which one's more important? I don't know. You know. Okay, love that. So you get close to it. Um, okay, second thing that I love. Okay. That I love. You will hate the things that you're dependent on. 
You said this at a mastermind when we were in Denver. She listens to everything I say, by Listen the way. to she, everything. Yeah. I write it all down. I reread it. I go and back to it. she asks questions about it, you know? Well, because it, it's fascinating to me because I can relate to certain things and there's certain things I can't relate to, but it's not my place in the moment to ask yeah, questions. Yeah, so yeah. right now it is. Yeah. So you will hate the things you're dependent on. If you have customers and staff that you don't like, the reason you don't like them is because they remind you of your dependency. Yeah, yeah. Can you explain that a little bit? So the, the, what I really said there is when I resent something, uh-huh. it is because I know I'm dependent upon it. Okay. Okay. It's a little, it's more like uh, the things that you resent, customers. I remember I used to call them car dealers and I hated their guts. I'm like, I hate you guys. Mm. You're freaking cheap. You're hard to deal with. You're never satisfied. You're never happy. But the truth was, and all that might've been true. Mm-hmm. The reality was every time I did business with them, I, I was reminded that I was lazy and I kept only doing business with a particular audience that I, I, that, that I was dependent upon. Mm-hmm. And because I was dependent, hey, Mr. ABC Nissan, right? And they'd say no to me. I'd be like, God damn it. Why are these people so dumb, ridiculous, so difficult to deal with? Like unappreciative but the truth all that was just noise it was dramatization of an idea that i should have been calling on the plumber the contractor the roofer down the street the chiropractor the dentist the insurance agent of which there was an all-state estate form like the endless list the banker i could have been called on but i wasn't i was lazy i was calling on one guy i knew their nomenclature i knew what their problems were you know and i went back and they didn't appreciate me and and i probably wasn't being appreciative of them but more importantly i was dependent upon them and that pissed me off and is the next step when you find that you're dependent on a team member that one salesperson in your organization or a customer or, or or the the what's it called when the, you got one great sales salesperson in a company or uh they're called what uh, when somebody's a star a they star? become what? A diva? A diva. Or a prima donna. Prima, prima donna. donna. Prima. When you've got a prima donna. Look, dude, never, breaking all the rules, look, not showing up on time, but yeah, they're getting yeah, the results. Yeah, you're like, oh my God, what do I do with him? Go get 10 of them. So that's when you come up against that. You're dependent upon him. You're, you're dependent. We and now know idiot, that you're dependent. You're an idiot if you get rid of him, and you're an idiot if you just start hammering down on him because he showed up late. The guy's a freaking, you know, you don't hammer on Jesus, right? Kanye does his thing. Hey, you want to be late, bro? Be, be late. You're Kanye, man. Like, like, right. like. You know, so I think you just have to make some kind of, rather than beating one guy up and getting rid of one superstar, once you go get you a team full of them. So this is to me what 10X means. It's just, I think most of the questions that I do have are around that moment when you have this realization that it's actually your fault for the situation that you found yourself in, whether it is the team member yeah. or the client. Yeah. Okay, what do you do in that moment to recognize this is my fault, but then I pivot to expand to so, so that I never have to have this problem yeah. again. But then when you expand, yeah, or maybe you have you want, the problem. Maybe you want 10 of those problems. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like, I, I think a lot of people are trying to get rid of their problems. And, you know, the last two people I worked for went out of business. So, mm-hmm. and they, they they both would say, oh, Grant Cardone is a pain in the ass. He is a pain in the ass. He's hard to deal with. He, he wrecks our culture. Okay, I have my own culture. My culture was like, my culture was way better than the culture of the company. <laughs> It was all productive, right? Mm-hmm. It was like grow, you know, get deals, get more margin, make more money. Mm-hmm. And bo- both of them are out of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, uh, the third one was a guy that I worked for. He was, he was like, oh my God. He was like, he was this great, unbelievable speaker, went all over the world. And, but what I've done in my career is like a thousand times what this guy did. And I remember looking at him saying, that guy is like Van Gogh of speaking. 
You wow. know, it was he was amazing. Yeah. But what I've done with my business, even the first guy that I learned from, a guy named Jackie Cooper, you probably heard me reference this guy, watched automotive tapes on. The business that I have built, like, and I was 26 when I saw this guy. I was like, oh my God, that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. he, he died broke, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so I watched these guys. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to make those mistakes. Mm -hmm. So just because I work for you, just because you got somebody that works for you and they're a prima donna, man, you, you should put that into like context. I would not have been a good manager, by the way. So what do you they, mean by they, that? Well, I wouldn't have been, to promote me wouldn't have been the solution. Like, so oh, what? let's make him up. But to make me an owner might have been. So that you were because they, more he responsible? Yeah, well, so I could actually grow the company. And be responsible for that part and of the business. They would still have me. Yeah. He would be part of our deal rather than I have my own deal. How do you know if that's recklessness versus Grant Cardone-ness? Because there are some people yeah. that are like that and they're actually just reckless. But they look the same. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I have been reckless, you know, but but not okay. very reckless. Not not no no one's getting hurt around me. Right. You know, they didn't go out of business when I was there. They okay. went out of business when I left there. So, um, you know, Lena says I'm a terrible driver and that I'm reckless and da da. da. I'm like, okay, well, you see any scratches on my car? Because I see some on yours. <laughs> I just I'm sure say, she loves that. Huh? I'm sure she you loves that. You know, somebody that. backed my car into a plane today. What? Yes. What do you mean? How they, they back into a I got plane? A, I got a big dent in the back of my 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 G wagon. G wagon. How, who drove? I the said car? they didn't back it into my plane, did they? Oh my god! Somebody else's plane. Can oh. you imagine? Is it da damaged? Is the yes, plane look, damaged? I hope not. I hope the plane's not damaged. I'd rather the damage be in my car than be on somebody's oh, plane. Gosh, that's yeah, that's terrible. That's a big one. So so like you know yeah I think people should be reckless though I think you know back to the reckless question I think everybody's being too careful you'd almost be better off. You know, when I go to, to a stage, the first thing I do when I go to a stage, you might, you might remember when I was doing this mastermind because I know you were in the room. Yeah, first you go to the edge. I go right to the edge and hang my feet off. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's not, one, I want to know where the edge of this stage is, but also I'm reminding myself, hey, go ahead, go all the way today, mm -hmm. you know? Because you don't know how far too far is until you go too far. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think most people are playing way back in the middle of the stage mm -hmm. of their life. You're good at that because you have ethics and most mm. people don't see your ethics uh -huh. because they don't want to or for whatever reason they yeah. just see the recklessness uh -huh. how do you balance knowing that do you you, have... do you think people see me as reckless probably or Maybe. rambunctious uh depends on the person yeah yeah yeah, I yeah think... i've never I, i've never heard anybody call me reckless though. really no oh have you i don't think reckless is the right word okay um if i, I think was it could be word pushy could be uh, obnoxious. I've heard people call you reckless before. Oh, really? Obnoxious, yes. uh, careless. Mm -hmm. uh, insensitive. For sure. But they don't see. But actually, I, I, I'm, I'm not actually insensitive. I am, I am, I am consciously provoking. Mm -hmm. Not, I am not unaware. I think it's, when I think of the word insensitive, I think, oh, I did. I don't know that I just brought up that thing right. that everybody's tiptoeing tip around. around. I and brought it up intentionally. So that we got had quit tip tiptoeing around. Can you talk about it's like the, the conscious lady in the piece? wheelchair the other day? I'm like, what's wrong with your legs? Oh yeah, that's no, awesome. No, there's two there's two thousand people in the room and nobody wants to ask the lady. Like I'm I'm curious. Uh, a blind I was with a blind guy once. Dude, what's it like not to see? Mm. I want to know. Like, and most of the time they come they they actually become more interested because I'm interested and we don't have this thing in between us. Mm -hmm. So you're not ignoring this thing that's very obvious. 
Yeah, and I'm interested. Mm -hmm. Everybody else is sitting on their interest, mm -hmm. you know. And and um, so so anyway, I don't I don't know. Maybe I am insensitive. Maybe I definitely am obnoxious. I would definitely take. I am obnoxious. That's why I got my apology T-shirt. You apologize in advance. Yeah, takes it all away. Can you talk just a little bit more about this conscious provoking? Because you are incredibly intentional about it uh -huh. to get attention. It's for a bigger purpose. But people around you, and Elena was talking about this on stage at GrowthCon, people around you feel like they have to explain you because they yeah. just see the first thing, but they don't understand the depth. You're okay with them not understanding the depth because you're getting the attention consciously on the front end. I think I'm not, it's not that I'm trying to get attention in the moment. I'm trying to get people that are aware enough. You know, I'm not at that moment concerned about the whole audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did something on a clubhouse this morning. There was, I don't know, 1,600 people in there. The entire presentation was done for one person. Hmm. It was not done for, it was, I, I spoke to 1,600 people mm -hmm. with the hopes I could drop a hook on one guy. Mm -hmm. Did it drop? Oh, it dropped, like perfect. Like five minutes later, I get it. <laughs> you know, Everything. and my wanted. wife was like, I cannot believe that just happened. Because she was knew it I was wild, doing it. what you were saying? Yeah, pretty wild. Oh, and okay. she, she, Can you she, share or no? Uh, no, no, it's 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 too soon. You know, I got to okay. give it. I got to give it right. about two months. Okay. But, um, see, see, Elena, Elena looks at this thing different than I do. Mm -hmm. I am not consciously trying to do. I was this morning with this guy on Clubhouse. I had mm -hmm. I had a message. I wanted to deliver to one person, mm -hmm. um, and and I and, and there just happened to be uh, more people there. My point is. You know, you, you hear things that I say that a lot of the audience just misses, you know, because they're hung up in some other more something else that served them for the moment. And you heard something else. You are interested in another level. Mm -hmm. You have maybe some doors open to you that aren't open to other people. You know, not everybody can see around the corner. And so, um, you know, you've been in a car before. Did you see that? No, I didn't see it. But it happened. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's an accident that happens and Nathan sees it different than you see it, different than I see it. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not sure who's right, but I know people see things that, that other people can't see. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and hear things other people can't hear. And I know I've been like that. And you're talking to those people in that moment. Well, I'm talking and I just happen to be talking from this place. I know, I know where, I know where I have been in a training before and maybe done something five or six or seven times. The same information, by the way. Mm -hmm. Every time. I'm like, I didn't. I read this book three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. That was not in this book. Yeah. You know, three months ago, I do a course, similar course on the same material, covering the same material. I'm like, I did not see that there, man. Where was I? Like, mm -hmm. I, was, I was there. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't think with it yet because I hadn't finished it, mm -hmm. you know? And then maybe my mind changes and all of a sudden I see something different. So like I used when I grew up, I used to believe that, you know, buying low and selling high was the deal. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm like, oh, wow, man. Now, now from experience, I believe that because I was told that. Now I'm like, oh, sometimes buying high is better than buying low. Why? Because people that, the, 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 you know, if I'm, I'm not dumb, so why would I buy high? You know, and why did, why did the previous four people buy in high. front of me buy high? Because it's valuable. Because it's, it's going to be way more valuable in the future. You know, so I sell to a better a better client 
and and anyway, those are those are kind of mixed up topics about, but but it really is about the same thing. Like I have the right to change my mind, and the audience has the right to change your mind too. Is that oh, in there? That was totally so, in there. You said that over this past dude, weekend. Dude, most powerful, most powerful thing, thing you can most do. Most powerful thing you can do in your entire lifetime is change your mind. Tell me more about this. Because why? Because because we all we all can look back ten years ago and say, God, I thought I had it figured out. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I've never met anybody that didn't have that experience. When I was 20, I thought I had it figured out. When I was 30, I thought I was an idiot when I was 20. Mm-hmm. You know, because you become aware of more things. So the most important thing, you know, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. You know, well, maybe, maybe, maybe you need to undo that idea and just say, hey, wait a minute, maybe I should do this. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think a lot of us miss, it's not what we don't do, you know, it's, 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 you know, getting locked up and living an entire lifetime with one set of beliefs. Can I tie this to one of my other favorite Grant-isms, which is you're comfortable being Grant wrong. Mm, I will mm, never forget on that first growth con stage that we went to at Marlin Stadium, Uh 35,000 people are around. You're in the middle of a keynote. It's Saturday morning. And one of your Uh team members, who I think is still in the building, wore a hat that did not, that was not being sold at that event. And you paused everything that you were saying to tell that person to go take the hat off because you weren't selling it. And then Mm -hmm. you went into this whole thing about if you're going to be wrong, you're going to be Grant wrong. And if you're going to sell something at an event... It, he's still promoting 10x like that's a great hat, but if it's not being sold, yeah, like then somebody in the audience, I want that hat over there, the green one, the green X. I'm like, okay, we don't have the green X. Why are you wearing it? Right. Don't be an idiot. So how does how does it I correlate? like the green? Uh, yeah, well that's right. Well that's fine that you like it. We ain't doing you. We're doing Grant. This is the Grant thing. We're gonna be Grant wrong. So like when we go into these, and Jared has a lot of the back behind the scenes of this. I'll go to Jared and like, Jared, that thing looks wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It doesn't look the way I want it to look. And 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 he's like, okay. I'm like, we, we don't, you know, let's, he's like, I'm testing out. Fuck the test. I don't care about the test. Do that one. Mm-hmm. This is the one I want to see. Yep. This is the one I want to push the market. Now, Jared could be, he could say, this one's outperforming the other one by like 7,000 times. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll be like. Okay. I love this one. <laughs> Let's stay with this one. This is the best one. The ability to change my mind right yes. there. I was locked in. I was extremely excited and exuberant and confident my way was right. Yep. I don't mind being Grant wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm wrong. Stay with that one. Yeah. Um, no and, ego and no, associated and no, with that. Notice the two things that you just talked about, like the ability to change my mind in a second. Like, no, this has got to be the way. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Let's go. Yeah. And like, so the executive has to be able to shift that fast. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't spend a lot of time. I spend no time in thinking I was wrong. I don't in mind. In the past? Like no time with that, thinking. With, okay. that, with that, right? Or even, even you know, I mean, yeah, just move on. Because the way, the way not to spend time in being wrong is to do the right thing. Because now my only reference point is, oh, I did the right thing and we got the results. Mm-hmm. I don't have the wrong. Mm-hmm. So when I say be grant wrong, hey, we're going to do 10. We're going to have a red X and we're going to go for grant wrong. Mm-hmm. And meaning, meaning I'm willing to be wrong on it. I think it's going to work. Let's make it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next thing you know, 10X is like this big deal. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan on it being a big deal, by the way. I planned on being a big deal. I thought I could be a big deal. I just needed something to express it through, mm-hmm. to get credit for, you know. But it wasn't like, that's the thing. Have you ever felt like that's the thing? <sighs> like before it happened? 
I've done things and said things before where I'm like, well, that shit was good. That was real good. But I think everybody has that experience. Um, but you didn't think 10X was going to blow up the way that it did? You know, I knew there was going to be something. Mm-hmm. You know, I wrote Seller Be Sold, then I wrote Closed Survival Guide. Then I knew I was in, okay, I'm in this writing thing. I knew the write, writing books was never going to be the bomb. Mm-hmm. But I was waiting for, I knew Seller Be Sold wasn't right. And I knew Closures wasn't right because the audiences were too small. Okay. So then I wrote, if you're not first, you're last. And that was really just kind of like more of the same, mm-hmm. but but mechanical. Mm-hmm. If you're not first, you're last was very mechanical. Which gets back into, can I, can I get you back on this trip? But 10X was like, I got, I knew, I knew intellectually I needed to leave that sales space. Was it because that was the intention and you were still in the mechanics before that? Um, no, was that it, like was, a, it was, it was that I was still, I was still feeding the beast. Oh, I really wanted there to be like this really nice, like story-esque transition where you went from being mechanical grant to no, having well, the intention. Well, 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 it is a bit of the mechanical. I'm feeding the beast. I had this body that body of audience that yeah. I had to keep feeding. Okay. So if you're not first or last was like, okay guys, I'm trying to transition. I'm mm-hmm. trying to transition. And I'm like, okay, the big the humpback needs one more bucket of krill. So I wrote if you're not first or last. And then and then it was like, okay, I have to and this was more intentional, not mechanics. I have to transition to another audience. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you know, what 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 does that have to be? What audience do I want? I want Business owners, hmm. big thinkers, um, addicted kind of uh, obsessive people, mm-hmm. and somebody where I don't have to explain anything to big think. Mm-hmm. And I'm like ten x. I wanted them to see a book and say I don't need to see anything else. I wanted. Yeah. And that was the ten x rule. Love that. And then I followed that up. I fed the beast again with be obsessed or be average. I doubled down on it. Be yep. obsessed or be average was really to go after literally people with OCD, ADD, ADHD, bipolar, everybody that's being, it was actually a big attack on a big pharma, Mm -hmm. but under, under, like under the radar. Mm -hmm. I've never even said that, but that's really who that is. That was a, hey, you have permission to be a freaking maniac and a freak Mm -hmm. and an addict and all that, right? So uh, those two things coming back to back really opened opened that audience up and, and, and started I didn't know 10X would be what it is, but it definitely did become the thing. Not the book by itself. It's when we started doing the conferences. Really? And started talking about the 10X movement. Was it the 10X Growth Con or were there conferences before that? We did a 10X. This is actually number six. We call it number five. But there was a first one. Why do do you call it number six? Why not name it? Because, because... We're just too well, far. the numbers were never. I was never one of the guys. They they just started putting numbers on them, right? Number two, number three, but they the got number one wrong. Number one was not uh, Miami. Number one was Cabo? Cabo San Lucas, and there was fifty people there. And there's not and, the one on Our lighting, our lighting was like I think they had flashlights oh lighting me on the stage. I don't know if we have any footage of that we can give her. That'd I'm in this awesome. purple outfit. No, I'm in a white outfit, and because the lights have a purple tint in them, I look like I'm dressed in purple. Couldn't have been more than 50 people in the room. I think we paid half of them to be there. Some little girl on the beach in Cabo or in Cancun, we got her off the beach. She was selling Chiquita's little little gum packs oh, yeah. that day. Gum, gum. <laughs> you know. So anyway, uh, umbrellas and little stick figures and little... Little things. Little things, you know. So anyway, that thing now is around the world. Like, But that was the starting point of making the book bigger? 
What is the strategy it, it was, with the? It was. It was no. It was like I was trying to get the audience. I was trying to. I was trying to get out of this audience. What What happens is I built an audience of salespeople, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and, and and they were like, I was grooved into a sales guy. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, I have to get out of this audience. To a business owner, to I a real to estate the, investor. Yeah, because because the business owner doesn't want to be with a sales team. Right. You know, the guy that wants to go public, Glenn Sanford. Mm -hmm. eh, okay, he's not going to listen to the sales presentation forever. Mm -hmm. But he listened to me and Drew Brees talk. Right. He listened to me and uh, and uh, Bethany Frankel talk. Because mm -hmm. now he's being in, he doesn't know exactly what's happening to him. Yes. But for me and another sales guy to sit there and jab out about objections over and over, I'll never get Jamie Dimon from, you know, a major bank to, to have that conversation. Right? But... If I start doing something bigger than that. So, so I was having to feed this audience that mm -hmm. was buying my stuff. Mm -hmm. We were selling Cardone U. Uh, we were, I was basically a sales guy. I was yep. not a real estate guy, much less a 10X guy, much less the biggest business conference in the world guy. We weren't Cardone Ventures yet. We weren't out buying companies and partnering with companies. We didn't have 34,000 people at events. I wasn't hanging out with Kevin Hart and Floyd Mayweather and Dana White and uh, John Travolta on a Sunday Having afternoon. Having them just pop into your events. You know, I wasn't, I couldn't get TV shows because I was a sales guy. I tried to get on Shark Tank. Shark Tank said no to me twice because, oh, he's just a sales guy. Wow. Well, they're not saying that now, but. I would hope not. Yeah. So the the intention then. Yeah, the intention. Became. And it wasn't mechanical. Right. But I did have a problem. Right. And the problem was the, the, the asset had become a liability. Mm -hmm. And the asset was my audience. Was that, was that a dependency, maybe? Uh, no, no. Well, it was, it was. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely independent. It was easy to talk to them. Yeah. I knew all the words, you know, it's like selling medical supplies, you know, blah, 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 blah. Now I'm going to make you, now I'm going to take you out of medical supplies and I'm going to push you into real estate. And you're like, whoa. Is there an insecurity there that moved from the sales? Oh, there yes, was. Yes, thousand percent. What did that, what did that feel like? Terrible. Like fear. You that know. you couldn't talk to the business owner? That you couldn't yeah, yeah. engage them at yeah, that Yeah, like level? what am I talking about? You know, they have a... Brandon's got a whole uh, vernacular vocabulary that I don't have. Yeah. Um, you know. But you were a business If I go owner. into a Bitcoin environment or e EFTs, I'm like, oh, fuck, what, what are they, they talking I can't about? even think with what you're talking about right now, you know? I listened to you two years ago now talk about when you made the decision that financial literacy wasn't going to be your problem and not financial literacy with your real estate, but like the stock market and really yeah. understanding mm -hmm. P&Ls, balance sheets, and kind of more of the speak, was that all tied together when you were trying to talk to more business owners and you started to just engross yourself with understanding how those things work? We got to do another one of these. She's good, man. God damn, she's good. We got to do it on the chairs next time, too. It's like, give it that kind of couch. You know, coffee, maybe some tea, a little cognac. <laughs> Love it. Sherry's no going skiing next week. What? God damn it. We're thinking about going to the island, little pipe. Oh, really? Okay, so what is the question again? Give me give me that question again. What was my question? Something about being intentional. Oh, uh, you, like when you were making the transition from the salesperson oh, to the business owner yeah. and you also made a decision with your own education to learn more and increase yeah. your vernacular. Yeah, I mean, I already knew how to make money selling something. Like, like how many times can you do that before you're like, okay, I'm done with that. I want to grow up and be a real... Some a real businessman because mm -hmm. you didn't feel like a real businessman. No, I didn't. And this was only like how many years ago are we talking? This is maybe uh, I don't know maybe 
10 years ago. This is one of the most inspiring things about yeah. you to me was how short this uh -huh. time frame was. Uh -huh. Like there was a lot that happened in your life from 20 to... Yeah, but I, you know, yeah, 25 till 51 mm -hmm. was like... 26 years. Everybody that I was hanging out with thought I was an unbelievable person. Yeah. Because you're dynamic, you still have all of those things, but you didn't have what you have now, which is... Well, they all, the man, I remember, I remember, yeah, I remember all these guys I used to hang out with, and they're like, oh, my God, Grant, you're, you're doing such great things. And I'm like, just... I had money, I was making some money, you know, and, and but... I mean, I was in the helicopter today, flying over Miami. I'm like, God damn, when am I going to finally do something big? Wow. Swear to God, same thing. Wow. And then, and then I know the audience goes into God. When's this guy ever going to be satisfied? It's not about stuff, though. It's about what I know. I, I heard somebody say today, um, too many people are living beyond their means. And I said, no, no, man, look, too many people are living. The problem's not living below your means. The problem's not, oh, don't spend too much money. The problem is most people are living so far below their potential. Nobody's ever going to go broke because you, you... What is it called? Spend over your means or? Uh, live outside your means? Live above your means or? Anyway, I'm really a, bad with sayings topic. like there's this. A, yeah, yeah. Something you about are? your means. Yeah, I, I never yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, you're going to look it up. Live out. Uh, I tweeted about it this morning, so right. I can just find your my old means. tweet. But, um, Living beyond their means. Live, yeah, he's like, man, people can't live beyond their means. You can't, when you, when you can't live beyond your means. I said, oh, yeah, actually, you know, the problem is not that. The problem is living below your potential. Mm. You know, and, and, and people don't go broke because they spend too much. They go broke because they don't earn enough. And if you just keep earning, you can keep spending. I love that you're never satisfied because it's, it's, that is another thing that's inspirational, but a lot of people don't talk about and give the behind the scenes around yeah, the push yeah. and the drive. And I've spent enough time with you to know that that's a very real thing for you. You don't yeah. just say that on an interview for the purposes yeah. of sounding like you're 10x. Like yeah, you really yeah. are not satisfied yeah. and you push. Like, like, like doing the helicopter thing this morning, we I must have flown over, I don't know, 25 properties that we were looking at. I, I had more fun watching other people fly in the helicopter last week. That was more fun for me to sit in my condo. Hey, how y'all doing, man? Y'all having fun? I don't even know who's on the plane. I just know it's full, right? So... And they're wrapping around the place. That was more fun for me watching other people, knowing those other people, than me getting in it myself. Like it was a crazy kind of phenomenon. Why do you morning. think? Why do you think that is? Uh, because now that you have it, it's because I have so much stuff. You know, I have the plane, and the, and the, and, the, and I've had the I had the helicopter. Like I'm going to be on it a couple of times, and then probably it's going to be like let other people be in it. Mm -hmm. I get over stuff really fast. Mm -hmm. Like give me a car, and I'm done in a day. Give me, I get a watch. But you wrote about it for for years. Yeah, and then I got it, and it's like, okay, no big deal. Let's roll. What's next? So what is next? Um, I'm just saying I think everybody has that experience with watches and cars and art and... Helicopters. And stuff, right? Whatever the stuff is, right? The stuff that you're so proud of the boat, mm -hmm. and the next thing you know, you're not using it anymore. We get over stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of a human condition, right? Is that a good thing? I think it is. I think it's like, okay, what what else is there? What else can we do? You know? Whereas most people say you should be happy because you never do feel that way. So you should just be happy with what you have instead of continue to go after yeah. more. Yeah, what they say is you should lower your expectations to zero and then you will somehow find happiness. Yeah. Okay, well, good, try that experiment. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you want to lower your expectations to zero? I mean... And then the next minute, the person's going to be like, oh, you're so blessed. Okay, wait a minute. Let me just get this right. A God created you. 
that created everything. Because that's who I'm hearing this from. Mm -hmm. uh, the heavens, the earth, the oceans, the lakes, the ponds, the, the like every freaking possible, 60 trillion cells, a body, every, everything that imaginable in the universe has been created by this unbelievable, but you should have zero expectations of yourself. Like it's a little hard for me to put the two worlds together. And this person is actually doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm happy but with nothing. So, well, I'm not. I, like I want a lot of things and I want to think nothing of them. Oh, I like that. You know, I want a lot of things because I don't think that I should be spiritually. If I'm in spiritual good condition, I should be in charge of the physical universe. There's no way spirit is junior to material. The spiritual would have to be senior to the physical universe because this didn't exist before somebody had an idea. I'm going I'm to make glass. I'm going to make a table you can see through. So this is junior to the idea. The idea would be some kind of spiritual manifestation, right? And then it created this. So this is junior to that. So why would this ever be satisfied? Otherwise, it would have never created this. But then you get into what's the purpose of even creating this? Like why? 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 So the, why was so glass ever? So I can put fingerprints on it and get irritated that it. Has... And like, who's going to clean this now? Look at this. Nathan's <laughs> going to clean it. Thank you, man. Yes, thank you for cleaning it. All right, I do have one last question. Please. Partners. One of Don't my end favorite... on the partners, man. We can't okay, end let's on this. First of all, this. I got some juicy stuff okay. for you in, in here, but I'm going to tell you something, okay? Everything, everything has to be partners. You have to do partners. To do business with I... you, you have to do business with you. Oh, yeah. Well, I always say this. People write me all the time. Hey, uh, like, can, can we do something together? I'm like, yeah, I, I can do something together with others. Mm -hmm. But I don't see you in my bookstore. I don't see you at my conferences. I don't see you at my masterminds. And I don't see you offering me equity in your company. So I know I can do things with others because I've done things with Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, about $3 billion worth of transactions. Uh, I bought this office building from another guy. I'm buying a building next door. Uh, I pay, you know, whatever we pay, $40 million a year in property taxes. So I have partners that are called the government. And uh, I have, we have 150 employees here, another 350 in the real estate. You guys are our partners. Mm -hmm. I can be a partner. Yes. You're writing me about being one, yet you haven't decided to be one. Truly show interest in. Like, dude, dude, you want to be interested? You want to do business with me? Do business with me. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not that hard. Don't come to me and say, let's do some business together. And I'm like, hey, you bought a ticket, right? Oh, no, we haven't. We, I, when is it? Okay, you want to do business with me, you don't even know where my shit is. Like, it's it's like so, like, Backwards. hypocritical. Mm -hmm. Like, I would never go to somebody, you know? What would you do? I would go to Don Peoples and say, Don, I know you're doing that uh, project in Los Angeles. Um, you know, can, can I get involved? Can I support your project? Can mm -hmm. I support your charity? Before I ask him to help me with my charity, hey, can I support yours? Is that feel transactional? Or is that just the way that it should That feels work? like an investment. Yeah. I agree. That feels like the right people flow. People feel like, I've heard people say that that's transactional. You shouldn't just do something because you're wanting something in return. I, I, I don't have to have anything in return, but but I do want something. Mm -hmm. Like, I always want something. I never go to anybody that I don't want something. If I want to give the homeless guy 100 bucks or the valet guy 100 bucks, I did that for me. I didn't do it for him. Say that again. I never do something. I never do anything without... for nothing. No, 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 no. I benefit from everything I do. Mm -hmm. There's nothing. And those of you who don't, Oh, no, I did it for him. Well, you're just unconscious. The, the fact you made, you felt good because you helped him. Because I hear you talk about how good it made you feel to help somebody. Mm -hmm. So that is your payoff. 
Everybody gets a payoff. It's impossible for me to do that and not have something bounce back and hit me. Mm -hmm. If I punch you in the face, I'm probably going to feel bad about it later. My hand's going to hurt. I'm not going to feel good about it. And I won't trust other people because I'm going to think everybody wants to punch me in the face. If I do a kind thing to someone, okay, if I hit a guy with a thousand bucks that's homeless, like, like that, that's different than giving him 10 bucks to buy some drugs. Right. Uh, I give him a thousand bucks and now he can freaking overdose. <laughs> so, um, but, but not if I point, give, not what we're going for. It, it, no, no, but, but if I give somebody enough, like, or whatever, right. I know that I got something out of that moment, whether it was to get him away from my car, that could be it. Let's be honest. It could be, I just felt bad for him. I want to get rid of that bad feeling. Mm -hmm. But you're intentional about those things, whereas you just said some people are entirely unconscious when they're doing those things. Like it's just happening around them and they're, they're getting some sort of payoff. I, I don't they know don't... why they're saying yes or no. Hmm. I don't think they know why they're saying yes or no. You know? And, and so I, everything I do, I'm doing for me. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people don't like to hear that. They're like, oh my God, that's so obnoxious. He's so selfish, you know? There's nothing I don't do for me. Everything I do is for me. So when I did a partnership with you guys, mm -hmm. right? I needed to know you guys were doing it for you. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it for me. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to make some money together and we're going to help a lot of people together. Like, like I've tried a lot of partnerships and, and I used to, my mom told me, leave partners alone. I had mm -hmm. a, a sister, leave partners alone. I had a partner that let me down. Like, but you know, you can't, you cannot do this planet without partners. We're, you got 7 billion people on this planet that are partners. You take one guy hits the wrong button and nukes out the whole planet, mm -hmm. you'll find out you got a partner. So you, you, now, now you got to be selective about what partners, how do they think, what do they want to do. How important is it that they are in it for themselves as well? At what point because, does your interest and the partner's interest being self-oriented cause a conflict? Yeah. Or does it never cause a conflict? Because yeah, no, it does. Because who who you get in bed with today, they they're, they're going to change, right? So mm -hmm. I had a partner in Orlando, Florida, where he was really, really he was hungrier than I was in the beginning, and now he's not hungry. I remember you talking about this when we first so now negotiated. He, he didn't work, you. right? He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't work. He doesn't push it. He doesn't push past his comfort zones. He's not he's not he doesn't know what he doesn't know anymore. He's not learning. Like he's you know he's probably done. He might even hear this, mm -hmm. and he knows who I'm talking. He knows I'm talking about him. Mm -hmm. I had another partner in real estate. We bought I don't know. He, he, he we bought a couple deals together. I bought it with my money. He managed them. He got some money out of it. He started buying his own deals. He's got a couple hundred units, and he's he's satisfied. So that partnership ended, mm -hmm. right? I've been with. I've had a lot of relationships that ended, but I had the relationship, mm -hmm. you know, and and. I would tell everybody watching right now, man, go find partners, like go find them, make that part of your bucket list is not, I do it myself. That's a very limited thinking. I'm a solopreneur. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to be the boss. No, you want partners and you want a lot of partners. Warren Buffett's got a lot of partners. But in order to have a partner, you have to be able to do business with a partner, right? You have to show in good faith. You got to be like, y'all came, y'all came it. to our conference. Mm -hmm. You bought tickets where I could see you. Mm -hmm. You invest, I don't know if you had the money or not or borrowed the money or I don't know how you got it. I know you were in the right place right. at the right time mm -hmm. at a big event. Mm -hmm. And then you had the moxie and the professionalism to know how to communicate. Hey, could I get 10 minutes with you? Mm -hmm. But you did it in the right order. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then you showed up for the fourth and fifth day, which was that mastermind. Then Brandon was like, wow, I didn't know what I didn't know. And now I see what I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and he kept making investments and having a relationship. And now we have a great company. And now we're going to go out and do something way bigger together than I could have ever done by myself. And we're helping our partners. For those of you out there making half a million bucks a year, a million bucks a year, and you're capped out. Like, that's where I was. I was making $3 million a year, and I could not. I couldn't bust through it. Mm -hmm. it. Took me 20 years. If you guys got 20 years, take the 20 years, but I don't recommend it. No. Because your industry could be gone by the time you, you actually figure it out. Um, you know, when we started scaling, when we went, we moved from LA, we had three employees, then we have 50 times the employees today, 50 times the payroll. Um, big problems. Big problems, mm -hmm. right? So, so get a partner, man. Get somebody that can help you scale your business and borrow money to do it. Like, get rid of your house if you need to. Trade in your kids for a couple of years. Like, whatever you got to do. Which would trade your kids in and get a nanny. You know, there you go. Rather than buying a house or buying a car, buy a nanny. Get mm -hmm. a nanny. Spend time. Get on 10x 360. Figure out how we can scale your business. Mm -hmm. Your business may only make 50 grand a year. Mm -hmm. It could probably make five million. But how? If you scale. Right. And if you have partners. And if, if you if you make it important enough to say, this is something that I need to figure out. And whatever those things are, I just imagine this whole game. And you've allowed, listening to you has allowed me to do this. Where I just think of this game and these pieces. And whatever it is that I want, the intention, not the mechanics. Whatever it is that I want, I, I can actually see what's stopping me yeah. in that moment. Whether it's I haven't hired a person to fill that role, like a nanny. That's or scaling. It's scaling. So how do yeah. you remove that piece so that you can go and do that in whatever area you're at? So for the businesses, whether you are 50,000 and you want to move to 5 million or you're at 5 yeah. million and you want to go to 50 million, yeah. what are the pieces that have to well, be removed? The, the, first of all, it's the intention. Hmm. And, and and your intention, you got to clear your intention. I'm like, oh, I want to save 50 grand this year. No, you want to build a $5 million business. Hmm. Uh, I want to reduce my debt. No, you want to build a $5 million a year business. You, you get debt. Like you, you're making decisions based on somebody else's thinking. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I just want to enjoy life. Okay, well, good. Then just go enjoy life and throw, throw away this business idea thing because right. Tommy Hilfiger was on the stage and I know you like Tommy being there. I could, that was amazing. You know, like I could tell you're like, how did he get him here? Number two, how did he get him to say what he's saying? Yes. You want to tell what you, what was your takeaway from Tommy? Tommy, my biggest takeaway from Tommy was when he was saying that he didn't feel like he had a choice early on to uh -huh. scale. Like he knew when he was in the back of his car selling right, the flare right. jeans, yeah, yeah. like I'm going to open a store and I'm going to make this brand something where I don't have to have my name on it. You will just recognize me from yeah, the logo. Yeah, yeah. And to be able to think that big at such a young age and he didn't let anybody tell him that's stupid or yeah. you shouldn't do that. One of his other piece of, pieces of advice was he is always disappointed whenever he listens to somebody else. Yeah, like yeah. stop listening to somebody. Yeah, yeah. Stop listening to everybody around you because those ideas that you have, if you can really think with, wow, I want my name to be next to this logo, but eventually take my name off and have nine out of 10 people around the world recognize Crazy, it. Crazy, man. It's amazing. And you just want to help put energy into that so that more people can start thinking with that. Yeah, and you know, my, my, I remember asking him, I'm like, Tommy, do people have to scale? And he's like, of course, you, you, ha you have no choice. You have to scale. Mm -hmm. and, and, and the idea that you're going to stay small and you're not going to have partners or you're going to keep it all, 100% of it, it's not even possible to do it. It's impossible to do it. You have a partner on your home mortgage. You know, you had a partner that built your car that you drive. Mm 
You have a partner. The most serious things in your life, are re- you have a required partner. Mm-hmm. You go to the hospital. Everybody's in charge about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, you get a chiropractor, you got, you got a partner. One is the, the guy doing the thing, the little uh-uh mm-hmm. to you. And the other guy's the bench underneath you. The, the, the Two bench. partners. Yeah, exactly. You got a lot of partners. So um, make these guys your partners. Make 10X your partner. Let's go think big. Do big things. Can't wait. You had a partner to come to into that. this world. Mommy and daddy were your partners. And sometimes it can become your limitations. So what do we want to do funny to get out of this? I know. That's what I was just thinking. You're trying to think about how to transition, okay? So this What's is, something we... super funny that you've seen me do behind the scenes that they haven't seen? Uh, or I would something say, to happen at the house, or I would say this backgammon thing is what's currently cracking me up about you yeah, yeah, right wh- now. But can we explain why we're even shifting? Because I think that that's valuable for them. Okay, I ahead. started I, before we start, got rolling. I said, okay, so we're going to end this talking about partners. He's like, no, 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 you don't never, talk. dude. Never end, never end with the reason that you came into this, particularly a podcast, mm-hmm. because anything on YouTube or. If you're doing Instagram stories or something, you don't want to end with that because if you end with the pitch, nobody and our guys should really hear this and remember this. Never end with the pitch because nobody's going to share it. Mm-hmm. So what you do you gotta, end with? You got to end with something like ridiculous, dude. Like something. Yeah, what's the word? with something, something's very like scandalous. Okay, scandalous. Yeah, scandalous, <laughs> sensationalism, like like. Like something freaking, you know, provocative. It's provocative. There you no, go. it's not. People don't even know what it means. Of course they know what it means. You're right. So first of all, Natalie, me and Natalie, we, we, we have this freaking love, love for rap. Like we have this crazy love. Our, our list, our lists are almost identical. Favorite rap song? Do you have one? Favorite rap song is probably... Um, uh, that Kanye song where he's 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 oh at, coming out of college. No, no, he he. Uh, he's coming out of college. Not, he didn't when it, he dropped it, out of college. Yeah, no, it's. No, not through, through the, the wire. wire. That was after the car accident. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. Let me see. No, this song. I need to pull up mine too. Hold on, hold on. Now you put me on this college dropout. Out of college dropout. It's family, not family business. Is it last call? Maybe. Oh, interesting. <laughs> This song. That's my favorite. Why? First of all, I tell Jared all the time. Fuck you, Jared, for making me do this shit, motherfucker. Had to throw everybody out of his motherfucking room. Let's propose a toast. I said toast, motherfucker. I love that song. Because the reason I love this song is because if you listen, I've listened to this song at least a thousand times. And why? What is it? Because and every time I listen to it, I want to cry. Wow. Because this, 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 is, about, this is about Kanye being turned down. Mm-hmm. And he, 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 he talks in it about getting signed by Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and how, you know, just, it's just, he's like, hey, man, I wrote Jesus Walks and they didn't sign me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God damn, it just like kills me because um, how much this guy went through, you know, to finally get picked up. And, and it just, it just reminds me, you know, like, man, just hang in there, you know, hang in there. Just, you're going to figure out something. The world is going to resonate with what you know to be true. Mm-hmm. If, if you just don't quit mm-hmm. and, you know, Kanye gets a lot of shit from a lot of people about a lot does. of things and, and he gets trashed by so many people, but kid grew up in Chicago, inner cities, man. And the fact that we know him is with one name, and 
that he could inspire a, a, a white guy mm -hmm. and, and to listen to this one song over and over that inspires me to do something, you know, to, to, to hang in there, you know, it's a pretty cool, cool thing. So. Well, I appreciate Kanye for being somebody who allows you to hang Fuck in there. Fuck him. Fuck you, Jared. Fuck you, Kim. Oh. You and your whole goddamn oh. family. Oh. Kanye was fine before you got oh involved with y'all. All right. With that, thank you for tuning in to Work Woman. Cannot wait to see now, you next week. And share week. this video. Now you guys got a reason to share it. I think Grant Cardone just cried on my podcast. Yeah. Did you just cry? I yeah. think I saw a tear. So. Is it no longer Brandon Breaks Down? Can it now be Grant Breaks Down? Grant don't break down. Grant don't break down. Grant gets down. I did. <laughs>